you got that'll cool me, cool me, cool me down? I got this bologna sandwich shaped like a popsicle. I'll take it. That should be enough to fool my brain. Morning Show with Matt and Mo. Morning, y'all. Good morning. What are you gonna say? No, I'm good. You're gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday, Matt. It is Tuesday, yo. I called you yo. I meant to call you Mo. Yo, but Mo. I said yo. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> what a Tuesday. What a Tuesday. Coming up on today's show, lies that keep you from getting rest. Ooh. Should the Pope resign? And lemon thieves. <laughs> but first, <laughs> it is September 4th. That means we've got some holidays to celebrate. Ain't that right, Mo? Yep. Uh-huh. It is right. We have holidays. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. You are correct in that holidays exist. What? So I guess the first day that we're celebrating here, it's it's kind of an odd one. Uh huh. Another look unlimited day. Another look unlimited day. Okay. That that's incredibly odd to me. But basically, it's just a day dedicated to taking a look around your home for things that you don't need. So I guess you're Mm. trying to declutter. To declutter your life. Yeah. Take another look. Do you really need this unlimited amount of garbage? Unlimited day. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know what? We all need to do that. There's some people that employ like a a yearly thing where you go around the house and you look, have I even touched this this year? Yeah. If not, we're donating it or dumping Mm it. I know... There's a, a trick, if you will, that a lot of people do the 1st of January where they turn all of their hangers in their closet Ooh, one yeah. way. And then by the end of the season, if that hanger hasn't been turned, you know, when you wear that item, right. you turn you it, it the opposite the way. way. Uh-huh. So then you know all of the things that you haven't worn within that season. And if you haven't worn it, then you get rid of it. Yeah. So Yeah, it's good to declutter. Yeah, I have a hard time doing that. <laughs> I'm not a hoarder by any means, but then I get into cleaning and I'm like, oh, but I, I might use this right. at some, <laughs> some point. The possibilities. I can't yeah. throw those away. Yeah. <laughs> and I also really just don't want to have a yard sale. So <laughs> those suck. So this one I can really get behind. Eat an extra dessert day. All right. That might like be that my right favorite. There. That's great. Holiday ever <laughs> and on top of that it's national macadamia nut day so that goes hand in hand right make there. yourself yes yeah, some white chocolate chip macadamia nut cookies and eat two of them because it's double up your dessert day now have you ever eaten cookies from subway yes tell me if i'm wrong about this their cookies used to be amazing but since they've started doing the White chocolate and a raspberry cookie. All their cookies taste like raspberry to me. You know, I guess I haven't had them in a while. No. Because I don't 
It's been like two two or three years, I think, since they started making that cookie regularly. Okay. And I, and I swear it's the case that they keep them in. They all taste like raspberries And that now. raspberry scent just gets into every cookie. Huh. And I'm like, I just can't eat them anymore because they all have this gross tint of raspberry. Do you not them. like raspberry? No. But even if I did, the way that this is, is just like enough to hit the back of your throat kind of flavor it's not like a full-on raspberry flavor it's just enough to make you think the cookie's off and not enjoy it but no i don't like raspberry flavor at all and i hate the fact that every single candy that i loved growing up has incorporated a blue raspberry flavor into it (laughs) they're the worst well i mean truly what is blue raspberry to be to be real sure not not a real thing it's um but anyway i thought i was the only one or maybe it was just our subways here in town that did this but i've heard now a few other people say the exact same thing that oh their cookies taste weird even good mythical morning uh rhett and link on good mythical morning were taste testing the cookies from different fast food places and they had the one from subway and it was a white chocolate macadamia nut one so this kind of tastes like i don't know blueberry or something some weird flavor in there and it you know didn't have any weird flavor it was just from being in the case with the gross raspberry cookie huh yeah no i had no idea so subway get rid of your dumb raspberry cookies or house them in their own container i was gonna say just house them in their own (laughs) container because i i rather enjoy raspberries (laughs) gross yum he's so gross Mm -hmm. all right artist updates riley clemens has a pet peeve Who's Riley Clemens? Riley Clemens is, a, is an artist. Oh. I can't tell you off the top of her head what her most recent song is, but I know we play it on okay. the radio station. Awesome. Uh, has a pet peeve. She posted a thing that drives me crazy, seeds and lemons. You know, when you're drinking lemon water through a straw and almost choke on a lemon <laughs> seed. Not fun. I think that's just another reason to get rid of straws. Hashtag get rid of straws, y'all. <laughs> Okay. Congratulations to Big Daddy Weave. The band's song Redeemed last week received platinum certification status. Wow. That means more than one million copies of the song has been sold. Earlier this week, an event uh, in Nashville, the band members were presented plaques while being joined by their label, family, and their friends. Way to go. But is one million a lot for a single song? I feel like there's low. That's low. Like, there are 173 million Christians just in America. And Redeemed came out six years ago. And it's a really popular song. Why did it take six years for, like, 0.6% of Christians to buy a copy of the song? Okay, so I'm wondering if this may be something that we need to do some research on. Okay. I'm wondering if numbers have dropped in the last, what, five to ten years or so, as far as the purchasing of music is oh, concerned. Oh, I'm sure. Well, see, yeah, that's another thing I don't know. Because they used to do gold and platinum status for albums. Right. And this story specifically said it was for that song, Redeemed. Right. However, was that the name of the album? Redeemed? I don't, I don't believe so. I can double check, but I don't think so. Because I, I just feel like... Generally speaking, purchasing music is something that's kind of become a thing of the past. At least album-wise, 
definitely. The album was Love Came Come to Life. Okay. So it is people people do it a la carte now. Yeah. If they're gonna buy songs at all. Right. But yeah, you got Spotify and whatever now that you can just listen to whatever you yeah. want and pay a premium. But still so those are relative those are still relatively new though, with at least popularity wise in the last couple of years. Redeem came out six years ago. I feel like it was popular enough that it should have hit that in a year or two. Yeah. I'm surprised it's taken six years. See, and I actually remember so Big Daddy Weave came to Clovis. Mm-hmm. Or Portalis, I think. No, they came to Clovis. Clovis. They were at oh, okay. the Clovis Civic Center. Oh, uh, I forgot we um, even had that. <laughs> yep. And it was our first year here. I think we had been here maybe three weeks, mm. and they came. I do remember that, yeah. So the kids and I went and watched them at the Civic Center. It was uh, Big Daddy Weave and Chris August. Chris August. They came um, and did a concert there, and I that was like... I was super excited because everybody was like, oh, Cannon Air Force Base sucks and Clovis, New Mexico is the worst and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And within our first three weeks, we had this major concert here at the Clovis Civic Center. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. What are people talking about? Well, we haven't had a concert since and it's been six years. (laughs) But um, I and I can remember using Pandora then six years ago. So I think I, I mean, you can even pull up YouTube. That's and, true, and just listen and to just that listen way. to music on YouTube that way. So I really and I don't remember the last yeah. time that I bought a CD. I don't remember the last really? time that I bought music I on still, iTunes. I still buy music all the time. I yeah, I just don't. So I really do think that that plays a big factor into it. That hmm. unless you are a true music buff and you just really really love music, you don't buy it on the regular anymore. You just listen to back row radio. I do. Real here at all. Duh. yeah yeah you might be right that could explain it why it took so long yeah uh need to breathe oh the band not me i'm breathing fine (laughs) well we all need to breathe but but. need to breathe played the biggest show of their career last week the band played in front of more than ten thousand people at the verizon wireless amphitheater which barely holds that many so i mean they packed the place out um crowder says getting up early isn't easy. He posted a picture on his Instagram of his phone alarm with new alarms set to go off every minute for five straight minutes. It drives Chris nuts, but I do. Are you one of those people? Yeah. Daedra was one of those people where she would set the alarm and then go through every single snooze. The phone would allow her to go through, which was six. Yep. And they're all for like five minutes. Yep. So I'm sitting there. I don't have to wake up for like another half an hour. But she decides to spend her whole last half an hour of sleep. I'm awake. I'm going back to sleep. I'm awake. I'm going back to sleep. Awake. Back to sleep. But I'm having to do that too. And that drove me nuts. You sound like a whiny baby. For years. Why do I have to suffer? Why do I have to lose my last half hour of sleep? Because you chose to marry her. I didn't choose to marry that. Or bad, <laughs> well. richer or poorer, sickness <laughs> and in health, and well. all of her kooky sleeping habits. Well, I have worked that out of our system. Well, good for you. <laughs> that wasn't working anymore. <laughs> it's not like I was kicking her out and making her sleep in another room well, or on the couch. Maybe you should have gone and slept in another room or on the couch. <laughs> Look, just because you're that way too. Doesn't mean you're right because you're not. <laughs> it's not a matter of right or wrong. It's just a matter of being our personal preference. 
No, that, there's there's a wrong in this That's situation. how we wake up best. That's that is not, how we start our day best. That's not and who true are you to tell us that we are wrong and that Science we should do it somewhere you else? Science tells you you're wrong. No. You're losing half an hour of so we are, sleep. So we're going to side on the side of science now? Is that what we're saying? As a morning show, we are siding on the side of science. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> no. Wrong. You would be so much more rested. If you just slept that you other half You can't tell me that I would be... And woke up... Nope. Nope. And one alarm. Nope. Not happening. Oh, gosh. For 45 Listeners. minutes, every five minutes, my alarm goes off. And it does. It drives Chris it's insane. It's the worst. <laughs> you make me sad. <laughs> it's Topless Tuesday. What? Not Topless Tuesday. Top... List Tuesday. We have to change that. (laughs) Those T's run together. Uh, Are you exhausted? (laughs) Well, here's five lies that keep you from real rest from James Dobson. Now, this is not talking about sleep. We're not diving back into sleep. We're talking about actual rest. Um, The first lie is that I can do everything and do it all on my own. This is one that I fall for a lot. I feel like I do try to do everything by myself uh, with a lot of things, especially in the, in the church, uh, the things that I'm involved in. I have successfully kicked off everybody else who volunteered for the sound booth <laughs> running the computer because I feel like I do it best. <laughs> and it drives me crazy when someone else is in charge of it. Um, so yeah, I definitely have that problem of <laughs> needing to do it all my own. <laughs> I just kind of notice like, Mo's not disagreeing or anything. No, I just feel like <laughs> it makes me weak when I ask, like when I take on, okay. So at work, when I have this list of to do's and I got to get things done, I know that my boss is giving me a list, but she's also giving me a list to delegate and see mm. if I can pass it on to other people within our department <laughs> as well. But she's given me this list. Right. I need to take care of this list because if something <laughs> is done incorrectly, it's not going to fall on that person that I delegated to. It's going to fall on me right. because she entrusted me with that list. And I also don't want to look weak or like I can't handle it <laughs> by delegating a portion of that list to someone else. So... All so right, counterintuitively, <laughs> yeah. Number one sucks. <laughs> Number two, lie. I feel guilty when I rest. Uh, I do feel that way too, and I, I'm a stay at home dad most of the week, which is tiring of itself. But I'm also working uh, from home with a lot of things, including macro radio and my other several jobs and volunteer things. Um. And then most evenings, at least half of the week, most evenings I'm doing something, uh, either working nights or church-related thing. Then all day Saturday I'm at the church working on five different things, most of the day Sunday. I've had to force myself to, on Mondays, stop doing work and take a day of rest. But I feel guilty about it. Like, Daedra works during the day, throughout the week, the normal shift, the normal 8 to 5 shift. But 
I always feel like I still am not doing enough for this family if I'm ever resting. Yeah. And so it does make me feel guilty uh, to take a rest or to just be idle and not do anything, not be working on something. There is something about that stay-at-home position that makes people feel like that. Right? And we're I'm not doing any less work. I, mean, I know. That is a, a lot of stuff. Especially the, with two kids. Ugh. Yeah, for the most part, the the parent that does stay at home, just like you said, tends to fill their time with a lot of volunteer stuff or a lot of outside of the house things on top of what's expected, and I'm doing air quotes, but what's expected of you as the stay at home spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an expectation that the house remains tidy, right. that they're are three meals provided and that, that you know that's an expectation of the stay-at-home spouse dishes laundry trash right all that fun stuff here's the good news though your kids get older gosh i can't and wait you can start delegating those I things to them wait cannot wait yeah it's amazing it's the only reason i had kids it's amazing <laughs> laundry dishes trash feeding the animals wiping down doors and baseboards and handles those things they've all be cleaning the bathroom those have all become chores that my children now do. <laughs> my dad delegated doing uh, mowing the lawn as early as he possibly could to me. See, <laughs> I enjoy mowing the lawn. Really? I really do. I've always hated it. It's like the perfect Except trifecta. Except the one time I got to do it on a riding mower. I loved that. Oh, no. <laughs> no. You don't like riding mower? We had a riding lawn mower growing up because we had quite a bit of acreage that we lived on um and i was too little you know because there's a safety you Mm -hmm. have to weigh a certain amount for the to hold the seat down anyway so my dad had to stack bricks (laughs) on the the seat behind me i was like 13 still too little to actually hold the thing down i went in circles just giant circles <laughs> and my dad finally comes out probably 30 minutes after getting me going and i'm still just going in circles in one spot and he's like yeah you won't be doing this ever again <laughs> one portion of our yard was mowed down to the very bare portion of the ground absolutely no grass was there at all just one giant circle right sorry dad <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three the lie i don't deserve to rest this is kind of similar. Yeah, uh, to but, feeling guilty. But in a but a little bit different way is like you feel like you haven't earned earned it. Yeah. Like I don't deserve this rest. Or that could be a self-deprecating thing of you have low self-esteem or whatever else and like I'm supposed to be working hard or whatever. I don't deserve to have any freedom or fun. I don't know. What's that, your interpretation of that? I don't really know if there's there's for that it one, sounds the same. Yeah. But it's got to be different. The I would way have to have it. the explanation of that one because I feel that it is far too similar to number two to feeling guilty when resting. I, I don't know. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Then number four lie. Rest is a waste of time. I agree with that one. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard not to think that way. See, even when I do try to rest, my mind is thinking of everything that I should be doing, that I need to be doing, that I have right. to get done. Not even a matter of you need to be up doing this right now, just a matter of when you're done resting, these are the things that you need to do. So I'm not truly resting. Right. Yeah, I get that. That's the mindset you got to combat, though, because, I mean, we have to have rest. Even, you know, God 
That's God what you sleep. that in with our life. No. Eight hours at night for. That's all the rest that you need. You mean seven out, seven and a half hours, and and let my then, <laughs> let my alarm. Then you let your brain go into chaotic mode of awake asleep, awake asleep, awake asleep. Uh huh. Exactly. Um, but no, it's 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 programmed. It's been programmed into our world since the beginning that we need a day off. Uh, I don't think we need to take it as far as like the Jewish culture does where on you don't Saturdays, do anything. on Saturdays, their elevators stop at every single floor. So you don't even have to push a button. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we do need to take time off. Um, number five, the final one, the lie is if I rest, I won't get it all done, which you just kind of tr- t- touched on. Mm-hmm. If, if I don't rest, I won't get all this other stuff done that I need to get done. And, uh, yeah, that's a lie, too. You will. You'll get it done. There's so much time in this life before you die. (laughs) Unless you die tomorrow. In which case, what does it matter if you got it done or not? You're dead. But if they come find me in my house, (laughs) I want my house to be clean. (laughs) Wait, I can't die yet. I gotta clean the toilet first. Right? Okay. Now I'm dead. <laughs> See, and then they find me, and and that's what my obituary says. Woman was such a good housekeeper, she died while cleaning her toilet. Found in her spotless home. <laughs> right? <laughs> Make a note. <laughs> uh, oh, gracious. I don't need no rest. Y'all can keep that rest stuff to yourself. It is Indie Music Tuesday. That means we play a lot more indie Christian music. When we come back, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Stick around. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show with Matt and Moe. Most Americans are taking the phrase ashes to ashes, dust to dust, literally these days. Cremation, which was once very rare, has become the most common way for Americans to lay their earthly remains to rest. Just over half of Americans who die this year will choose cremation, 53.5% over burial, according to the National Funeral Director Association. Uh, in 2019, more than half of those who die are projected to choose cremation over burial in 31 U.S. states. Burial is expected to be preferred in eight states, and the rest of the states are split down the middle. Most of the states where people prefer burial are in the Bible Belt, where people have long resisted cremation. Which I find weird. Because, I mean, that phrase, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, is inspired by the fact that, you know, from... Dust we were made, and dust we shall become. You know, it's a biblical idea, and yet we're afraid of cremation. There's some verse that talks about your body needing to be whole. Is there? Yes. And I only know this because, um, well, and I don't really know it because I'm having to Google it right now, but my grandfather chose to be cremated when he passed away. And this was something that he didn't tell anybody. Mm. He didn't tell his wife that he wanted to be cremated, didn't tell his daughter, which is my mom. None of us knew that that was his choice until he passed away very suddenly and we read his last will and testament. Mm. 
And in there it said, I want to be cremated and I want for my ashes to be strewn on the farm. He had a huge farm in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, which I thought, heck yeah, way to go. You know, I can come visit you at the farm anytime that I want and kind of feel like you're here with me. I don't have to go to some burial site to go, mm-hmm. quote unquote, visit you, you know, spend time with you, which in my opinion is just odd anyway. But I can remember my mom being really upset because of, are you Googling it? Yeah. Because of this theory that your body needed to be whole. It's also why many Christians don't choose to go into organ donation because Mm. they feel that their body has to be whole when they pass away. Strange. Are you finding it? No. I don't see a verse about needing to be whole. This is what uh, uh, from Billy Graham's answers. This was actually written or answered by Billy Graham. Uh, The question was, does the Bible forbid cremation? This has been a controversial topic in our family recently because an aunt of mine died not long ago and directed that her body be cremated. One of our cousins, however, claims the Bible says you can't go to heaven if you're cremated. Is he right? Billy Graham says, no, this is not what the Bible says, and I find nothing in the Bible that forbids cremation as long or as a means of disposing of a person's body. It's true that burial was a common practice in the Bible and cremation was rare. When cremation was practiced, it showed contempt for the person, uh, such as... Achan, Achan, I don't know how you pronounce that, who disobeyed God and brought defeat to the Israelites in Joshua 7.25. Cremation is often practiced today in cultures that have no respect for the human body or see it as evil. Christians in those societies reject cremation. But we believe God gave us our bodies and that we should be treated with respect. After creating the human race, God saw all that he had made and it was good. Genesis 1.31, but one reason burial has been preferred by Christians is because the Bible teaches that one day those who die in Christ will be raised from the dead and given new bodies, but God is able to bring together whatever has been scattered. Mark 13.27 says, and he will send his angels to gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. So he says, I hope your family won't be divided over the issue. Pray for peace in your family and may each of you face the reality of death and rejoice in the hope we have in the eternal life because of Christ's death and resurrection for us. So that's Billy Graham on the topic. Billy Graham is a wise man. I feel, a wise like, man. I feel like he knows what he's talking about. But uh, yeah, I've never really thought about that though. And that's that's what I was thinking about when you were talking. I was thinking about, yeah, there is the whole thing about like where we in the end times or whatever, we're supposed to be raised up from the grave for a short period of time or whatever or something like that. Yeah. In some interpretations of Revelation anyway. So I'll have to, I'll check with my mom later this evening and and we'll get back to it at some (laughs) point. But I do know that that was, um, there was something. Well, clearly it is a thing that that people have an issue with. So I'm sure there are... uh, some verses that seem to to point in that direction for people. I want to be cremated. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I have no desire to put me in a fancy coffin and stick me under the ground. Have That's people, okay. Have people come and stare at me. 
I do expect each one of my children to wear tiny little urns around their neck every day, though, that have my ashes in them. Just a little bit. You know, just a little bit so that I'm with them always. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because of my dad's issues where he's been in the hospital lately, he's got cirrhosis, which we talked about yesterday. Um, The topic of death has come up quite a lot. Uh, Not in a real morbid way, but. uh, What does he want and what. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But my mother is the one that gets morbid where she says, you know, when we die or when, you know, when dad dies, he wants to be cremated. And, and when I die, then it's going to be up to you. I want you to mix our ashes together and then put put us up on your mantle there just where you, <laughs> you can see Ew. us every day and talk to us. <laughs> she was joking. She want, I mean, she does want uh, the ashes to be together. I don't know if she really meant to have them mixed together, but... She wants me to be in charge of spreading them somewhere nice. I'm all, where? She goes, oh, you can do it in your backyard. I'm like, I'm not going to sprinkle you in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I will go someplace nice. <laughs> but see, that's uh, the thing. Like, Then where do you go? Right. They don't have, I asked, I mean, is there any place that you have any emotional connection to that you want me to take? You know? Uh, no, not really. Yeah. Just wherever. I'm like, okay. See, and then what's really funny, and I realize that these ashes don't stay there. Obviously, the right. wind blows them, you know. Yeah. But my grandmother... My phone's on. Um, my grandmother ended up selling the farm because the farm was my grandfather's thing. After he retired from General Motors, they bought this huge farm out in Tennessee. And that was had always been his lifelong dream to have this farm, mm. you know. So, and I remember when they bought the farm and anyway, so my grandmother sprinkles his ashes on the farm and then sells the farm. And I can, in my head, think, did she, did she tell the people, like, (laughs) my husband's ashes are spread about this land (laughs) on the seven acres that you have here. You might come across bits and pieces of my, my once husband. But he's not going to haunt the place. He's, he's settled. (laughs) His business is finished. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. (laughs) It's Indie Music Tuesday. We are playing more of the indie Christian hits, hoping that you'll find a new favorite. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Back Row Morning Show. Up next, the House of Mouse is doing what for its employees? Stick around. show here on back row radio you sounded really nasally just then that's because i grabbed my nose as i was saying (laughs) Uh, the walt disney corporation has just announced that it will now be offering free tuition to all of their hourly full-time and part-time workers in the united states their program, which will be available to 80,000 employees nationwide starting in the fall, will help staffers pursue their high school diplomas, college degrees, or trade certifications for free. Wow. 100% free. The Walt Disney Company will cover 100% of tuition up front and will also reimburse application fees and required books and materials, removing completely the worry of paying to start or continue school. 
says uh, Jane Parker, Disney's chief HR officer, in a blog post last Way week. Way to go, Disney. Holy cow. Can you imagine how much money that is? That's amazing. <laughs> That's I am That's curious, fantastic. though, why it's only in the United States. I'm I'm curious about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But either way. I mean, it's amazing. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that they're providing it also for their part-time employees. Oh, yeah. Still 100% oh, yeah. for part-time employees. See, and I want to know, does that include like the employees of downtown Disney, you know, in California? You have I would assume so. And California Adventure? Or is it just Disneyland? You know what I mean? Because well, it's the Walt Disney Corporation, so I'm assuming anything that falls under that corporation, because it didn't even it didn't just say Disneyland or Disney World, right? So I right. would assume that it's everybody. So then, if you work at a Disney store, in that's the what mall, I was going to ask. Yeah, does that count? Does that I don't count? Know. I don't know. I don't. I'm I'm fairly certain that one wouldn't count. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it falls under the corporation. Yeah, I guess it does. Technically, yeah. I'd have to look that up, but yeah. Either way. Makes sense. But either way, if it's a store or not. But still, the the vast amount of people that work for Walt Disney. And I don't even think it's just that. I think it's also like their movie production people probably. And yeah. All those people as well. Uh, See, because my first thought is the costume people. The people yeah, at right. the amusement that's park yeah, that that's are immediately what I thought dressed up as princesses and you know Buzz Lightyear for the rest of their life. Right. Yeah. They they are typically college students mm-hmm. or you know junior or seniors in high school because I think you can start working at 15 mm. part-time. I think yeah. it's I mean it's amazing. That's fantastic. It's absolutely phenomenal. Nothing bad to say about that yeah. whatsoever. And if that wasn't enough fact for you, (laughs) Mo's got five random facts. I do, I do. Let's go. All right. The Arctic fox doesn't start to shiver until temperatures reach negative 70 degrees Celsius, which is negative 94 degrees Fahrenheit. Gracious. Yeah, that's... Arctic fox has a tolerance. That's pretty cold. Um, In 1908, an explosion in a Siberian forest... Forest... Forest. Forest. <laughs> Run, forest. Forest. Forest produced nearly 185 times more energy than an atomic bomb. To this day, its cause is unknown. Crazy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2014, British man Rory Curtis survived a six-car pileup and came out of a coma speaking French and believing he was Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> That's phenomenal. I remember the story. He did not speak French at all before going into this, and he literally came out knowing fluent French somehow. That, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Now, I don't know. I've always thought in my head, he was probably learning French on like Duolingo or something, and he just didn't tell his family about it. So that was stuff was in the brain somewhere. Because how do you just wake up and know French? See, so that makes you wonder, are things like that already, like, predispositioned within us and like upon birth we know all these all these languages (laughs) but it's just the language that we hear most often from our parents that we learn that we do you know what i'm you know what i'm saying no it's like a talent it's a talent that you have but the more that you practice it and use it the better you become at it so 
we have the gift of all languages upon birth, right? But whatever language we hear most commonly spoken within our home is the one that becomes dominant. I don't know. I do know that most people in other countries know at least two languages. It's rare. Well, it's because they know their language, their native language, and English. And English, the best language. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The greatest American language. Yeah. We we created it. (laughs) Okay. America created the English language. On to the next fact. (laughs) Heartbroken that for days he was unaware of his wife's death, Samuel Morse decided to... explore a means of rapid long-distance communication and ended up inventing the single-wire telegraph and the Morse code. So that's how it came to be. That's how it came to be. He he was heartbroken. He was heartbroken that he didn't learn about it faster. Well, well. That's cool. Yeah. And our last one for the day, 95% of people don't wash their hands long enough to kill germs before leaving a public toilet. I heard that you need to wash it, wash your hands uh, long enough to sing happy birthday twice. And that's a long time. I feel like for most people. Yeah. It's like 90 seconds. That's a long time to sit there and wash your hands. And I don't think I've ever done it that long. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I've touched something really gross. Really nasty. <laughs> I want to make sure there's not a speck of it left. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we're all gross people. Yeah. Pretty much all of America. I think that this just proves that washing your hands really doesn't do that much. <laughs> not if you're not doing it long enough. Gosh, 95% of people. That's why we're all sick all the time. Right? Because we're, we're just not killing any of the germs. Yep. Oh, gracious. Just always sick. A former Vatican ambassador is calling on Pope Francis to resign. In an 11-page testimony, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano claims that Pope Francis has been concealing sexual abuse claims against Cardinal McCarrick for years. McCarrick resigned in July following an investigation. Uh, I don't know if he if this is true about the Pope or not, uh, but this is a very popular Pope. I mean, this has been the most widely loved Pope by people outside of the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah. That, uh, well, since I've been alive, which we've only had three, uh, Pope John Paul II. Oh, what was the... The one in between. Benedict. Pope Benedict the something. Uh, And then, yeah, Pope Francis. And, uh, gosh, it's just a hard situation. And there's a lot of people uh, asking this of the Pope, you know, demanding answers of the Pope, uh, kind of like he's the president, you know. I don't know how privy he was to any of the stuff that was going on. I know we had that big uh, kerfuffle in, what was it, Pennsylvania that just came out with all this list of hundreds of names of people that have been uh, hurt by the church uh, in the last hundred years or something like that, that they knew about. Uh, But it's a rough situation all around. But does that mean that this pope needs to resign? He's not accused of doing anything himself. Uh to hurt a person, to hurt another person. Um, and he certainly wasn't in charge when those things were happening in those instances that are being brought up. And is he really in charge? It's not like he's the commander in chief uh, of the nation and all these things. He's uh, 
like supposed to be the voice for God for the Catholic Church in the time that he's there. But it's not like he is the sole decider of things or whatnot. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. It's a strange what I situation. Think. It is. It is. <clears throat> I and sadly I don't know enough of the Catholic hierarchy, if you will, mm-hmm. to really I feel like weigh in and have an actual say. Right. You know, an educated Well, there are a lot of archbishops and cardinals and whatever in this right. in this hierarchy spread out all over the world. So, I mean, it's like the next level down below the Pope is hundreds of people. Right. At least. Um, So, I mean, it's not like president, vice president, speaker of the house, and then a bunch of senators and a bunch of whatever. It's, you know, there's not not a small chain. It's the Pope up here and then so many other people that are actually running all these different areas in church. So how much of that would he be responsible for? Is he responsible for every single thing that happens in the Catholic Church, should he be held responsible for that? I don't think one man be, can be held responsible it, for all yeah, that. And should it be his responsibility to find out and make sure if every single one of these people has done something wrong in the past and that they're removed and all that? It's got to be a wider range of people making these kind of decisions or investigations or whatnot. So they're saying they're claiming that Pope Francis has been concealing this uh, personally about this one specific cardinal, um, but I don't know if he did this. If if this was the case, I don't know if he did this uh, purposefully. Like we're definitely going to conceal this so nobody knows, right? Or if this was a this is an ongoing investigation type thing, and we're not going to make any decisions until proof or. Whatever, who knows? I think think that's what most people have a large misunderstanding about, specifically with investigations, is that when an investigation is ongoing, Mm -hmm. you can't discuss it. Right. You can't talk about it. And I think that a lot of people tend to see that as trying to conceal it or cover it up or hide it or Mm -hmm. pretend like it's not happening. Right. You know, their, their lack of communication about it gives off this aura of it's really not important right when in all actuality or the only reason you could be keeping it a secret is because you're hiding yeah, it. you're hiding something right yeah i mean i see that happen in my job on a regular basis why are we not talking about this because we can't talk about it right. because it's an investigation mm-hmm. it happens in the military why are we not talking about this why isn't this being brought up it's an investigation mm-hmm you know, you can't you can't discuss certain things. So I think there's probably a large misunderstanding as far as what is, he is concealing and what he is just following rule. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and then I wonder where where is this cardinal located at? Is he's not in the same church as? The Pope is he? The Vatican? Yeah, is he at the <laughs> I don't, Vatican? I don't. I don't remember. Uh, I, there have been a couple different people that have been brought up lately, and I don't remember if this one is. Uh, I believe he's directly worked with the Pope in a few things, but I don't think he is from the Vatican itself. But I see, think it's from so that area. I could see an argument then if they were 
under the same building, right? You know, working that the, closely together. The Vatican is so large. The Vatican it's a is city, huge. Pretty much. Well, it is a city. Yeah, it's Vatican right. City. Well, okay, yes, but I mean, <laughs> the entire city is basically the church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could see it if they they worked that closely together. However, if Mister, what's his name, McCarrick. Yeah. Is located even in France. I I would have a dispute with. Right. How is he supposed to know, unless someone is actively coming to him and saying, "This is what's going on. This is what's happening." And even then, think about how many people are actively coming to him and bringing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All I kinds of things. Yeah. It's just it's a difficult road to tread in any area right now. Uh, you know, we've had the Me Too movement and and all that, which. Uh, in a lot of cases, did a lot of good, uh, especially for victims. Um, but it's really shaken up the country as to who to trust, uh, if we can even have heroes anymore. Like I put Bill Cosby down here as one of the things to talk about is that, you know, for years, Bill Cosby was a uh, like a hero of mine. Like yeah. he was he was funny, but he had had a. superb sense of morality that he espoused and and, uh, to have that completely flip around in the last few years with all the stuff coming out of things that he's done to people how heartbreaking that is for so many people that looked up to him and now it's happened to so many different celebrities and people that are in the public eye and people that people admire and look up to and and it's hard to to have that trust now at all. Like we knew this kind of stuff would happen within our communities and, and cultures. And we had the thing with the Catholic Church when it first started coming out a decade ago or so. Um, but now it's starting to kind of incorporate itself or I guess reveal itself because it's always been there in all areas of our life and our pop culture and all this. It's... Uh, it's frightening. Yeah. <laughs> it's frightening to even start to trust anybody anymore. Like even in preparing for the show, uh, the morning show, I have to make sure that the person that I'm quoting or the thing that I'm looking up isn't from somebody who has disgraced themselves in the last year that I didn't hear about or something like that. Because you can't quote somebody saying something great if they just got fired from their church for this that or the other yeah and i mean it's just happening all over which i mean at the same time proves that everybody is fallible everybody is is uh capable of doing some evil terrible sinful things Uh uh to other people and for us to think that oh there's all of us are born basically good and therefore not keep our guards up on our own selves about our own behavior. That's uh, it's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that personally. Uh, and gosh, I feel like we, we really got down now. Yeah, we <laughs> I feel really up. depressed again. Like yesterday. Great. Uh, maybe no, we do need is... to do a positive, encouraging show. No, <laughs> you, um, 
it is just a gentle reminder and I think a good reminder as tough as it is you know it it's hard it's a hard pill to swallow Mm -hmm. but it is a good reminder that there is no one that is good Mm -hmm. we are all sinful you know and the only one good that there ever was died in our place he took on all of that mm-hmm. all of that bad all of that nasty and he took on that that death that we rightly deserve right and that he did not earn mm-hmm. but he took it on for us you know kevin used to talk about gandhi how gandhi is this revered person of stature you know who is just known to be this all-around good person right you know people who aren't very religious will quote gandhi because of things that he said well read any history on gandhi and he's a pretty nasty person yeah you know he's got some pretty ugly things in his closet Mm -hmm. so when you're talking about trying to find people who you know, preparing for the morning show, trying to find people and quote them and make sure that they don't have any skeletons in their closet, if you will. Everyone's going to have skeletons in their closet. I guess revealed skeletons. (laughs) True. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Um, Um, Yeah, it's like that uh, Cast and Crown song, that slow fade thing. I think mostly that song was talking about marriages drifting apart, but at the same time, you know, it is a slow fade. It's little by little when we get into these sins and they become bigger and bigger over time. Uh, and we don't even realize it. Yeah. Because it happens so slowly and just chips away little by little at our morality and at our, uh, it silences our conscience little by little. And suddenly we find ourselves doing something that if anybody found out about it, we could be going to jail. Right. We could be losing our job. We could be losing our marriage, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we just slip into it, don't even realize it's happening, and suddenly we're destroying something. Right. Um, just because we don't keep our guards up on our own selves. Yeah. Um, so, check your heart, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Check your heart. Long story short, I don't think Pope Francis is an awful person. I don't either. Um, but... In light of everybody being angry, I don't know if he might step down or not. Yeah. Which, again, is so rare. Most popes have been pope until they die. Right. And then Benedict was like, eh, I'm done. I'm like, oh, you're, you're supposed to be pope for, for forever. Right? Yeah. And he goes, oh, well. Not anymore. Nah. <laughs> I'm good. I had my run. Yep. Uh, it is Indie Music Tuesday. We're playing more of the independent Christian artists and hope that you'll find a new favorite when we come back. When life doesn't give you lemons, steal them. Stick around. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome. It's the morning show on Becker Radio. Uh, authorities say that a man has been arrested in Southern California after deputies found 800 pounds. That's 363 kilograms, for those of you who like ki- kilogram measurements, of stolen lemons. I just don't understand this. Inside his car, 
Riverside County Sheriff's officials say that a 69-year-old uh, Dionisio Fieros was arrested Friday and booked on a charge of theft of agricultural products. Deputies were investigating recent farm thefts when they stopped Fieros' car in Thermal on Friday morning. 800 pounds of lemons. I- 800 pounds of just lemons. I can't. I. <laughs> I looked it up. One pound of lemons is about four average size lemons. Meaning this guy could have had somewhere around 3,200 lemons in his car. 3,200 lemons in one car. You said when you were when you were reading it before we went on, how are you even driving? Exactly. How is car? the car moving <laughs> with the weight of eight hundred lemons? I, I, did he have them in boxes? Were they in bags? Did he pick them all from the trees in a lemon grove? Did how did no? Yeah. How did no one like, notice him stealing? I know over three thousand lemons. That had to have been like two days worth of work. <laughs> Out there, how did no one notice it? I am, I am so confused by this story. <laughs> there are so many loose ends that I just, I can't seem to tie off. I'm. It, we need to get monk, and psych right, over here. Right, help us figure to this figure situation this one out. out. Please, the guy just really likes his lemonade. I, I guess so. I mean, but. I just don't understand it. I really, I don't get it. Well, maybe, maybe the 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 news source was off, and that's just saying car as a relative term. Maybe it was a very large truck. Okay, it's possible. Okay, sure. Full. I think you could fit thirty two hundred lemons in the back in the of back a of a pretty truck. big pickup truck. Okay, yeah, I could see that. But still, that's a lot of weight. And a lot of work to fill up. For real. How would nobody notice this? I feel like you get into a thousand lemons and somebody's starting to question. <laughs> but over 3,000. And was this his only opportunity? He's like, suddenly I'm alone in this lemon grove. I got to get every lemon I possibly can. And was it from just one lemon grove? <laughs> I don't, I just, yeah, you're right. There needs to be a lot more information here to make sense of this. I know. (laughs) I just don't understand it. I cannot. I feel like it's a cartoon. Like, you'd see this little, little guy in his little truck just driving down the street and it's barely moving because it's carrying the weight of 800 pounds of lemons. Uh, And it's like smoke coming out the exhaust and finally, the cops come blaring up on him, that's they, sirens that's going. That's how they caught him. He was barely moving. That's exactly how they caught him. <laughs> you realize how slow you're going, sir? Wait a minute. <laughs> Is that 3,200 lemons I see? <laughs> sir, where did you get these? Do you these? have a receipt for these? <laughs> In, what was the these, charge? I'm wondering. Kroger. Theft oh, it with, says theft of agricultural products. Theft with intent to distribute. Like <laughs> <laughs> With intent to juice. I know. Are you juicing? 
You can only have a hundred pounds of lemons in your possession in order for it to not be a crime, sir. You have eight times the legal amount of lemons. Raiding his house, checking all of his uh, cabinets, and that these lemons were not for your recreational use. These lemons were going to be sold. Uh, trading lemons on the street. I got street lemons. <laughs> These are street lemons. Anybody need a little sour pick-me-up? I got what you need right here. Cop, lemons. Cop opens one open, gives it a lick. Yep, it's pure. It's pure lemon. Pure lemon. That's They tested it in their little bottles, shook it up, made sure, yep, it turned blue. It's lemon. Booking. <laughs> Oh, while we try to make sense of this story, it's Indie Music Tuesday. We're going to play some more indie Christian music for you from some of the best independent artists. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more Backroom Morning Show up next. Warren Buffett's 10 success tips for life. Stick around. It's the Back Row Morning Show. Welcome back, yo. Uh, authority. No, we already did this one. Uh-huh. 800 we're, pounds. We're on the we're on top another list. one. It's Top List Tuesday. Top List, list Tuesday. Keep your shirts on, people. <laughs> Keep them on. Warren Buffett's 10 success tips. All right. This is for your life. This is different from his success tips in business. Um, number one. <laughs> Stop talking so much. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> this is the end of our radio show. And if you ask why, it's because we are taking Mr. Buffett's number one tip to heart. We are not going to talk anymore. Uh, people talk too dang much these days. Blabble on and on. I said blabble. That's a new word. Blabble. Blab and babble. They blabble on and on. That's a Matt Coker word straight from the BRB. You cannot take it. <laughs> Uh, number two, read more, which uh, I don't do a lot of, nearly enough of. And I'm thinking he probably doesn't mean like Facebook and Twitter. Right. No, he means books. <laughs> that doesn't count as reading, folks. <laughs> uh, the most recent book I read was Unoffendable, which was fantastic, but it made me so mad. <laughs> I was offended by unoffendable because I was doing so many things wrong. Ooh. And I still am, but I'm trying to be better. I need to read it again. <sighs> it's a really I'm good working book. on my fourth book of the year, Matthew. Yeah. Boom. Mic drop. Road to Freedom by Johnny Baker. Bragger. Pick it up. It's a good one. Road to Freedom. Oh yeah, that's Road his. To new, that's his. That's his. Yeah, that he just came out with this year, right? Yep. Road to Freedom. If you yep. have any questions about what Celebrate Recovery is and what it looks like, and just recovery in your life, Road to Freedom. I'm okay. putting in a plug there. That's a good one. Because I was supposed to write an Amazon review bit about on it, it <laughs> but I didn't. So I'm stepping it up a notch and posting it on radio. <laughs> uh, number three, patience is a virtue so hard though these days and these get everything at an instant days which has only progressed 
since people have already been making that joke of, you know, instant food and instant whatever, now we got instant everything in our smartphones. I mean, we have a television in our smartphone. We don't even have to go home to watch TV anymore. We can do it anywhere we're at. Mm-hmm. My husband is eternally grateful for that <laughs> during football season. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I've seen him sitting around church watching football. Yep. <laughs> no more sneaking in a radio with an earbud. Right. Trying to just, listen to the scores. Just do it outwardly and openly, and <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> We've injured from the actual thing, but patience is a virtue. <laughs> Being patient. Are you good? At, you have good patience. Mo? I think the older that I'm getting, the more patient I am. I think the longer I've been a parent, I've gotten more patient because I've had to be. Yeah. Because otherwise I will have a stroke or a heart attack or, or something. Or a dead child. Or a dead kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the worst possible outcome. So yeah, I've had to learn to have more patience. See, and at least you're learning it when your kids are little. Like my boys dealt with a really crazy over the top manic mom when they were little <laughs> because I did not have a lot of patience. No, I'm, I'm just hoping that they'll not remember those days. Not be- <laughs> Won't be scarred for life. <laughs> right. That's what they'll talk about in therapy. Uh, probably. They'll need they'll need recovery. <laughs> Number four, find your passion. Which is something that I have taken to heart uh in recent years. I feel like if you're going to work and if you're going to uh, devote a lot of your time to ministries or anything else, it needs to be something that you're passionate about. Otherwise, you go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Actively going crazy. Right. <laughs> you know all that all too well what that's like. Slowly uh. losing my mind. <laughs> Number five, eat healthy and do cardio. Ooh. Which is the only real way to lose weight uh, safely is eat better and exercise more. This is coming from a man who does neither of those things. <laughs> Ugh, I'm trying to get better about it. Um, there was a diet plan. It's the only diet plan that's ever worked for me um, that I did in college um, before I had a massive bout of depression and abandoned it. Um, but... Uh, it was called set captives free and it was actually part of a larger thing. They had a whole bunch of different plans for different things in your life to help you develop, uh, better habits. But the, the eating one specifically had a, a eating plan, which uh, I'm back on now where it starts on Wednesday. The calendar starts on Wednesday. So Wednesday would be a half day. So you eat all three of your meals you eat half of what you normally would. Thursday is a juice day where you're allowed to have one normal meal. And then the rest of the day, whenever you want or need it, you can have juice or milk or broth. Some liquid meals, pretty much. And then Friday's a whole day. You eat a normal three meals, normal size. Still supposed to be eating healthier, but, you know, normal meals. And then Saturday is fasting. Uh, they want you to do it in a spiritual manner as well. I haven't started the actual Bible study that goes along with it yet. So it's just maintenance at this point. But uh, 
fasting all day, just water. Mm. Wake up, go to sleep, water. And then the next day is full day again. And then half day juice day, half day juice day. You repeat the whole thing. Wow. But uh, the only hard part about it is remembering what day it is and planning for it when you're grocery shopping and stuff like that. But uh, the fasting day gets really easy after a couple times. Um, the first couple times you do it, you lose a lot of energy uh, by the midpoint of the day. And the hunger pains really hit you at about 7 p.m., like that's when you go to bed. That's when, yeah. I try to go to bed early on those days or be so busy that I yeah. uh, cannot think about it, which that's why I try to get it on Saturday because yeah. I'm super busy all day. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it gets hard at about that time, 7 p.m. It's like your last grasp effort of your body saying, I want food. <laughs> Please feed me. Feed me. Um, but no, it really worked for me in college. I lost, uh, I did it for six months. I lost 40 pounds in that six months hmm. uh, until my life went to heck for a while. Um, so I've tried to get it out and again uh, a couple years ago, but I wasn't ready for it mentally. But I feel like I am now. I've been doing it for a couple weeks. I'm doing okay. Um, I haven't been on the scale, but I know I'm going in the right direction. I'm also trying to eat less fast food because mm-hmm. I do that far too much because I'm out of the house far too much. So I'm trying to plan for meals for that. You're better th- at this stuff than I am. Yeah. You're better. I didn't say you were perfect. But you exercise or at least enough to, you're in a good enough shape to run a half marathon. Yeah. I ain't in no half marathon shape. I did the half marathon and then I was like, eh, I did it. That's enough for a year. I'm good. <laughs> That's honestly one of the reasons that I am looking forward to not working in the in the near future and just being able to dedicate that time to being healthy again. Yeah. Because it is something that it takes up to do it correctly, you know. Mm-hmm. You eat healthy, sure. But like he says, eat healthy and do cardio. Mm-hmm. Well, by the end of the day, I'm too exhausted to want to do much of anything, but yeah. especially 30 to 45 minutes, maybe an hour's worth of cardio. I don't know. <laughs> no, but before I started working and when all three kids were in school, I was doing two hours a day of cardio. Mm. So I know I can do it. My body is capable of doing it. It's just. I need to get back uh, to the gym. I currently have been paying for a gym uh-huh, membership. Me too. For six or seven months without me being there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We're keeping the place going. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're keeping the at doors least, open. At least it's Planet Fitness and it's only like 10 bucks a month. It's Mine is 20. Super. Oh, because you have the... I have the black the, card. The black card one. So that I can use the tanning bed and the massage beds <laughs> as well. Um, I, I do, I do want to use that massage bed. It looks uh, it's good. awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. All right, let's move on. We're we'll only never on get number five. This. We're just reveling in our disappointment in ourselves. We are. Uh, number six, stay away from toxic people. That's also difficult. Matt, it's been nice knowing you. <laughs> the more I learn about you, <laughs> the more I realize maybe we shouldn't be friends. Um, seven, giving is better than receiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight, clean up your room. I think that's more about uh, just setting yourself up for organization. Yeah. If you have that mindset of 
you know, I'm going to keep things nice, then you start to treat yourself better and other things better. Yeah, I do think it it boils over for sure. I know that when I, like, I make the bed, which is rare, but I like when I do do that. You said do-do. I said do-do. <laughs> uh, I... I do feel good about myself. My yeah. self-esteem goes up a little. Well, yeah, you walk in the room and you're like, oh, this looks so nice. But I don't do it now on principle because that keeps the bed bugs alive. Does it really? Yeah, if you make your bed right after you get out of it, it's still got all your sweat and body heat on the inside. And if you make it, you just make a little nice little warm, cozy blanket for uh, all the bed bugs. I don't know how much I believe that. So, no, it's true. I'm, I'm gonna have so to they do said, some leave your leave that. your leave your bed messy so your bed can dry out and those bed bugs can die off. I'm gonna do some research. <laughs> um, I will say we are big in our house about before the kids go to bed, their room has to be at least semi picked up. Yeah, we try and to do that. Yeah. My theory is, and I tell the kids this all the time, especially the boys because they still share a room, so they have like double the mess mm. in their room. I try to tell them, if there's a fire or an emergency in the middle of the night and we have to rush out of the house, you're going to end up tripping and falling and hurting <laughs> yourself in the process because your room is destroyed. Yeah. Well, I had Cannon, my middle child, who is the one who is a little more difficult to love sometimes. <laughs> um, he came into our room a couple weeks ago, and I'm getting on to them. These rooms need to be picked up. Let's get it done, guys. Come on. He comes into our room to deliver laundry. It was his week to do the laundry. And he says, Mom, can I just can I just say I don't I don't really understand why we have to keep our room clean, but your and I said, Whoop, oh, 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 <laughs> nope, nope. You're done. You can walk away. You're not even gonna finish that sentence because I know where you're going and I don't wanna hear it. <laughs> have you seen your room? <laughs> And he's so true. Um, Our room typically looks like a tornado went off in there. It's bad. It is so bad. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But I, and I have been waiting, to be totally honest, I've been waiting for the day that one of my kids says that to me. Why do we have to keep our room clean when look at your room? (laughs) I feel like our house is cleaner since we've gotten kids. Because we're more aware of it and we're more actively trying to do it. Especially since we have a little baby now that's yeah. walking all over the place. Yeah. But I remember like when we were married, even as even as recent as like the year before we had uh, Elijah, we were slobs. The yeah. entire house. Trash and clothes. Just every possible place. Every room. And neither of us cared. We're just like, eh. Whatever. Let's be slobs together. Once yeah. a month, we'll clean up the house. Right. <laughs> and start all over again. Uh, no, it did start bugging Deidre more and more. Um, and she wasn't, like, blaming me for it. But she was like, yeah, well, I guess I'm going to start cleaning a little more. So yeah. So we both started cleaning a little more. She's better at it than I am, though. I'll say that. But I can do it faster if I'm motivated. But are you really cleaning it? Like, are you doing it to the standard at which no, she's doing it? No, not at all. No. <laughs> but enough to where if she came in and saw it, she'd be like, all right, that's good enough. And she yeah. wouldn't do it anymore. That's what I say uh, to my kids all the time. Is your room clean? Yes. Is it clean to the standard at which I would clean it? Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right. Number nine, keep your day organized. Uh, I think it's kind of on the same path uh, of that is that it will help you 
have a more organized life in general. Productive. Yeah, productive life. I feel like when I have a to-do list, when I know the things that I need to get done for that day, I'm more productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, otherwise I just browse Facebook too much. Yeah. I go to YouTube for a day. Yep. To watch one thing, and then I'm like, oh, well, there's another video right there. Oh, and then another one. Um, And lastly, don't waste time or money. Uh... (laughs) So how many of these <laughs> do you think you're doing, though? Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't feel like I talk too much on a regular basis. So that, you that know, and there. truthfully, I do feel like I get most of my talking when we do the radio Stuff show. Stuff like this, yeah. And then poor Chris, he wants to engage in conversation with me, and my conversation <laughs> with him is very limited. Because All my I'm words just, are used up. They are, uh, Isn't that bad? <laughs> That's awful. So I think there's probably so a fine saying, line with number one. You're saying the back row radio morning show is destroying your marriage. It is. That's what you're saying. Essentially. <laughs> sort of. I think I got the not talking so much. I think I got the patience. I do think I'm doing the passion thing correctly. Uh, I do um, prefer giving rather than receiving. But everything else I don't think I'm great at, especially not wasting time or money. I do want to say that there's a fine line also with the giving is better than receiving. Like, do not give to the point to where you're depleted. And that's... Oh, no, of course. That goes for your bank account being depleted and you personally being depleted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do not give so much of yourself. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, Christmas because that's where you hear that all the time. Right. And that, you know, I... My heart is always focused focused more on what I can, how I can bless the other people yeah. in my life, and a lot less focused on what I want. Last year at Christmas, um, and Hillary and I are very similar in this way, where we love to give gifts. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily enjoy getting them, but we love to be able to gift yeah. our friends and our family with something that we know that they'll enjoy and probably wouldn't buy for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, but I can remember. It was either last Christmas or the first Christmas that John and Hillary were married. And John had made a comment. I think it was the first Christmas they were married because they got married in November. And then obviously Christmas was a month later. But John had made a comment about how Hillary was just, she was giving all these gifts. And he's like, sweetheart, we don't have the money to give all these gifts. We can't be gifting all of these people. And she's like, but I just love giving gifts. And I was watching them in their early still very much honeymoon phase, you know, newlywed phase, thinking, yep, been there. I can remember depleting (laughs) our bank account to give gifts for other people. And Chris is like, what are we getting out of this? What do we have? (laughs) But it's better to give than to receive. Yeah, but not to the point to where we can't buy groceries for the week (laughs) because we don't have money. Yep. That's why we have to start our Christmas shopping in like October so we can spread that money out. (laughs) See, and I just can't do it. I I end up wanting to give the gifts to people before Oh, Christmas. yeah. It's, it's definitely hard just having them all sit there. Yeah. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, last week we played you a never-ending playlist of Chick-fil-A songs, but you informed us that that list truly is never-ending. So we've got a mom-centric one today from the Texting Yoga Pants, which is... Very strange. A name. Uh, This is I Want to Go to Chick-fil-A. 
I wanna go to Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, call the ladies. Let's go to Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, grab your babies. We're going to Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, no maybes. Hello, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. Yeah, it's pretty clear why we go to Chick-fil-A. We're treated like royalty here, sometimes go twice a day. Cause we got that lifestyle that all the moms crave. All the free ice cream every single day. I see you judging me, no makeup on my face. But we can do that here, this is our special place. If you've got newborn babies, they'll raise them up. Cause everything they say my pleasure, even when they're mopping up. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, call the ladies. Let's go to Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, grab your babies. We're going to Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, no maybes. Hello, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. We bring our playdates here, and all our troubles seem to disappear. Can't see my babies, but I'm sure they're here. I'm here to tell you everything they say, my pleasure, even when my kid gets stuck. Our husbands say we Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh. Every time we eat in a Chick-fil-A, there's always just a massive amount of children running all over the place. Often barefoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's like a beeline as soon as you walk in the door. Even mm-hmm. my kids, who are two of which are preteens at this point, <laughs> still it's... Can we go to the play place? <laughs> yes, please, for the love of God, get out of my way and go to the play place. I am done with you. <laughs> uh, all right, it is Indie Music Tuesday. We're playing more of those independent Christian hits. When we come back, Underwater Chess. Stick around. show y'all chess players showed off their skills as well as their lung capacities at the world dive chess championships in london the underwater chess tournament 
which took place two Saturdays ago. <laughs> just hear my throat just wow. go rogue that, on me there. That, that was odd. In London, uh, featured players taking turns diving underwater to make their moves on a chessboard submerged in a pool, which I'm assuming was with magnets or something. Because how else would it stay? Yeah, I don't know. Underwater. Weighted? Weighted stone pieces? I don't know. I'm not sure. The rules require that a player uh, must make their move before coming up for air, and the next player must then go underwater until they have made a response move. So you can only go under once. So you have however long you're, you can hold your breath Wow! to make your move. You examine the board and make your move. Uh, organizers say the aquatic twist makes the ancient game of chess more challenging and faster paced. Uh, which I could definitely see being Absolutely, the case. yeah. Are you a chess player, Mo? No, not even a little bit. You don't like chess? Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. I grew up playing chess with my dad a lot, um, and I got pretty good at it. And then when I moved out and got married with Deidre, Deidre and I played it a couple times until one time she got so mad she threw the board. And broke it. Good for her. <laughs> good for you, D. And so I'm like, well, okay. We don't have to play chess ever again. There are a handful of games that are like that with Deidre and I. We had a lot of fun until I won so many times in a row. And she was like, this is dumb. Never playing this again. Uh, Ping pong was one of them. Oh, my. (laughs) Chess was the first one. Uh, Made me sad. So now I got to wait until my kids are old enough to play chess and hope I can convince them to play. Right. Uh... Nope, not a chess player, sorry. Not a chess player. Played checkers growing up. Checkers is so lame. Checkers is a kid game only. You can't play that as an adult. Totally can play it as an adult. I'm not smart enough for chess. <laughs> That's what it boils it's down easy. to. Nah, not it's so much. easy. Nah. All right, Indie Music Tuesday, y'all. Let's keep these independent Christian hits rolling. Uh, We'll be back to close out our hour with your verse for the day and our final thought. Stick around. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning News Show. Uh, We're wrapping it up because we are tired. Uh, wrapping it up this Tuesday. We exhausted y'all. Bible verse for the day. 2 Timothy 1, 13-14. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. And our thought for today is a reminder from Family Life Today. They say too often what we see on social media, at a party, or even on Sunday at church in no way reflects what's really going on in someone's life. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're here every Monday through Thursday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed up together into a podcast. All that over on BackRowRadio.com or anywhere podcasts are sold. Uh, Mo, what's the final word? Take care of your gallbladder, people. <laughs> Still. Always. That's that's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye. <laughs>